day is done. Now, kick back, pop a top, and catch up with your Houston teams. Nightcap, nightcap. This is the Nightcap with Ross Villarreal. Nightcap, nightcap. That's right, you are the big voice man. And the auto-tuned singing by, I believe, Mike Bobian. It is the nightcap here on Sports Talk 790. Hello and welcome in. Ross Villarreal with you folks all the way up until 7 o'clock. Shannon McCurchy with me as well. Shannon, say hi to the folks. Hello. Well, glad to have you on the fold. You guys want to get in? 713-212-5790 is your phone number. 713-212-5790. Tweets to at... Sports RV, love interacting with you guys. The quickest way to get to the show via the Twitterverse. If you send a funny, relevant, interesting tweet, I will probably read it on the air. If you send something unfunny, irrelevant, and uninteresting, just go ahead and send that to at SportsMT. I don't need that stuff at my Twitter account. But anyways, a lot of stuff to get to today. Uh, We're talking about the Astros and the designation for assignment for Tony Kemp. We'll get to that later on. But at least, I guess, if you're uh, here in Houston, and it is still, I think, overall, all things being equal, I know it's a baseball town right now because the Astros are doing so well, but I think overall, in the history of Houston as a sports town, football is king. So we got to open up talking about the Houston Texans and training camp starting today. Ah, Yes. With the start of training camp, we have to get out the old NFL films music. And I have to do a horrible John Facenda impression. How excited are you folks, by the way, about this Houston Texans season? How optimistic are you about this Houston Texans season? Because I was talking about it with Matt Thomas earlier on the show today. Or early on the Matt Thomas show today. It's always weird having a nightcap and talking six hours after I first started uh, talking. So I don't want to have to want to rehash everything. But... I mean, are we talking about a team here that could finish last or third place in their division with the Houston Texans? I mean, I basically summed it up like this. Everything that you've gotten from the Texans basically in the history of their organization has been mediocrity. And I think that's what you're going to get this year. They're going to go 7-9, and 8-8, eight and 9-7, eight, and seven, probably not make the playoffs because Bill O'Brien is a mediocre coach. And this flat organization that they have right now, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in them. Not that they're going to be making a whole lot of decisions because the draft is done and free agency is done for the most part. But you still got to make a lot of moves in the season. You got to be scouting. You got because injuries are going to happen. And you have to plug holes in the roster that way. But I, I just don't have like I don't feel like there's like a huge buzz in the city of Houston for Houston Texans and training camp. But you know what? We're still going to lead with that here on the show. And one of the things I wanted to get to, of course. Bill O'Brien. And one of the problems, this is a struggle I have as a radio host, Shannon, is I want to play Bill O'Brien sound bites. I want to give the people stuff straight from the horse's mouth. But I don't feel like Bill O'Brien is all that interesting, and I don't feel like Bill O'Brien is all that truthful when it comes to these things. So what do we have to do in this matter? And this is the first time I've done this. Uh, in the history of, uh, my knowledge, this is the first time this has been done in the history of Houston Radio. You mean use your creative skills to make them funny? Shh, no, no, no. That's not what I'm doing. Shh, be quiet, Shannon. Go with the bit here. We have found a Google Translator 
for Bill O'Brien. So now we can actually get you the real, raw thoughts via Google Translation for Bill O'Brien. For example, let me give you like a regular, boring Bill O'Brien bite about what happened at camp. Here's him talking about Deshaun Watson and how he's looking. I, I thought what, what we saw today is we, we, we did a lot of red area work, so mm-hmm. a lot of quick decisions, yeah. um, knowledge of the offense. Um, mm. I thought he did a really nice job today. You know, mechanics were good. Uh, communication in the huddle was good. You know, we, again, it's yeah. still mm-hmm. T-shirts and shorts. You know, okay. it's not it's not the real deal yet. No no full pads. That comes on Saturday. This is a second day of the acclimation Whoa. period. So I, I, I thought he came out here ready to go. Mm. Okay, that's uh, great stuff. Deshaun Watson is ready to go. Mm-hmm. See, the, the real sound bites, are just, they're not that interesting. So what we had to do here at Sports Talk 790, we have acquired a Bill O'Brien Google Translator. So we're going to do that for you here on the show right now. Here's Bill O'Brien and his real soundbite on J.D. Clowney and the fact that he is not at training camp. And then soon after, we will Google Translate this. I can tell you unequivocally that we want Jadavian Clowney here. Uh, he's... Uh part of this team we want them here um you know there there's always a, a difference uh when you're talking about money relative to wanting him on the team that's something that the agent and our organization are, are working on but relative to the player and, and mm-hmm. the, the history that uh he and i have together we would love to have him here yeah great stuff we'd love to have him here blah 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 but let's get the google translation of what Bill O'Brien really meant. Look, I don't really want J.D. Clowney here long term. That's why I had to get Brian Gain the hell out of here. We want him for this year, but clearly we don't want him long term. Hmm. It is what it is. Hopefully he gets a ton of sacks and doesn't get hurt before we turn him loose next year. Interesting. See, that was the real raw Bill O'Brien. They don't really want him long-term. That's why Bill O'Brien had to get Brian Gain the hell out of there, and now he has wrestled complete control within the Texans organization. Wow. Interesting stuff from the Google Translate of Bill O'Brien. Let's do another one. How about this one? Uh, Bill O'Brien, here's the real soundbite on how Matt Khalil's looking in camp. Uh, Matt came back for the early training camp and uh, did a nice job uh, in those practices that we had. We had two practices, and... Um, you know, it's obvious that he studied a lot in the offseason. He knows what to do. Veteran player, uh, really athletic, good guy. Uh, obviously very, uh, you know, excited to have him out there. Could Bill O'Brien have been more vanilla about Bill? Really uh, excited. So you can kind of glean a little bit, and that's what the Google Translator picks up. Here's what Bill O'Brien really felt like about Matt Khalil. All right, honestly. Matt is old as hell. I'd be surprised if he makes it out of camp healthy and even if he does he's pretty much Reno Jock and Mimi 2.0. That hmm. bleeding Brian Gain thought it was a good idea to sign him and I'm just being polite at this point. Damn. Harsh words from the Google translation of Bill O'Brien about Matt Khalil. He doesn't even want him there. And he mentioned Brian Gain again. You think things really got bad between Bill O'Brien and Brian Gain? Google Translate seems to think... That there was a contentiousness between Bill O'Brien and Brian Gaines. See, that that soundbite is much more raw and much more honest from Bill O'Brien. So I appreciate that. Let's get one more in here before we get to a break. 
Uh, Bill O'Brien, here's the actual real boring soundbite about Will Fuller. He's had a really good offseason relative to you know, uh, the things that he had to do to get himself back on the field. He was here every day, uh, really put a lot of time into it. Um, no. You know, just uh, just did an excellent job, so it's great. Mm. It's, it's great to have him back out there. Uh, okay, sure. It's great to have him back out there. What do you really think about Bill O'Brien? Let's get the Google translation of how Bill O'Brien really feels. I like Will Fuller as much as the next guy. The question is, is he going to be healthy? We know he can get down the field in a hurry, but he has the hands of a Noompa Loompa and the hamstrings of a baby doe. Hoping for the Damn. best there. Wow, that was harsh. The hands of an Oompa Loompa and the hamstrings of a baby doe. Those are not good qualities in a, in a top-flight wide receiver. Google translation of Bill O'Brien. Wow. See, I'm glad I could bring you folks the hard-hitting actual sentiments of Bill O'Brien and Texans training camp. All right, we're going to take a break here on the show. If you guys want to get in, you want to talk some, I don't know, Texans, Bill O'Brien, training camp opening today. What are your thoughts on stuff that happened? I don't know. Actually, we don't need to talk about that. We're actually going to get to real stuff with the Houston Astros. Justin Verlander pitching well yesterday. Or not yesterday. Or no, today's the day off. Yeah, yesterday. See, all these days blend together when I do so many damn shows. Yes, Verlander getting the win. Roberto Osuna getting the save. That was a day game yesterday. That's what. That's why it feels like it was a couple days ago because we talked about it yesterday on the nightcap. But Verlander, solid. Roberto Osuna, still shaky. We also need to talk about one Tony Kemp no longer being a Houston Astro. We will pay tribute to him. And if you guys want to get in talk about anything, 713-212-5790 is your phone number. 713-212-5790. Tweets to at SportsRV. The nightcap rolls along all the way up until 7 o'clock. Short break here on Sports Talk 790. Don't go anywhere. Red Rowdies, Bulls on Parade, and Astros Fanatics. Sports Talk 790. Your radio home for your home teams. Six seventeen of the PM here on Sports Talk seven ninety. The nightcap rolling along. Talking a little bit of Texans in the first segment. You guys want to get in on that? Seven one three two one two five seven ninety. Your phone number seven one three two one two five. 790. I mean, look, basically at this point in the season when it's training camp and, and J.D. Clowney is not going to show up. He's not going to show up today. He's not going to show up tomorrow. He's not going to show up probably at any point during the preseason. I'm going to guess uh, because this was – I'm not guessing because I have any inside information, but this was the scuttlebutt before, and this is what the Houston Texans insiders have been saying for a while, is that if there weren't a deal made when the July 15th deadline passed, which it did without a deal made, that he wasn't going to show up till week one and possibly even week two. So, I mean, we could talk about uh, Texans training camp till we're blue in the face. Basically, the only things that you want to happen when training camp is you want to make sure nobody gets injured. Like, no news is good news out of training camp. Is anybody making spectacular catches? It doesn't really matter. DB's locking down. Uh, you know, they, there was video of Lonnie Johnson getting a pick today when he did. Uh, there was a holding penalty there on that, but that's okay. And All those types of things about this guy looking like that, I think there's not a whole lot of relevancy there. So basically, if you're following Texans training camp, the only thing you want to hear is that there are no injuries. And so far, I haven't heard that, although they will happen probably some minor ones at least around here and around the league. Uh, But day one, Texans 
training camp. Good news, the fact that nobody got hurt. 713-212-5790, your phone number, 713-212-5790. Let's go to you folks out here on the phone lines on the nightcap. Craig in Tomball, first on. Craig, how's it going? Hey, how you doing? I'm well, sir. What you got? Yes, sir. Uh, first of all, I'd like to commend y'all. That was a nice addition you had on the Google of what Bill O'Brien really said. <laughs> oh, you was, like you like the that, Google Translate? That was that was that was that that was different. That was cool. And my other question was, you know, when every time Bill O'Brien has a uh, press conference, he talks about his defense. He talks about who he wants and what's going on with them. And but you know, you you never hear him talking too much. He talks a lot about Deshaun Watson being, oh yeah, he's going to be the the starter and he's going to be our guy but you never hear him talk about the offensive line and it makes me wonder that you know because you got so much going on going on we don't have a gm in you know and we don't have people we can recruit or depend on you know and it's just kind of strange to me that he just doesn't kind of he just kind of leaves them out and like leaves deshaun to well he's going to carry the offensive line and that's my my first question. My second question goes to the Astros. Uh, I think Jason Verlander has a legitimate shot at the Cy Young this year. Uh, if he keeps on doing his protocol or his uh, ha- the way he pitches his usual games he has, I think he has a very good shot at the uh, Cy Young award. award. Well, and, uh, uh, go ahead, Craig. Anyway, I'm, I just wanted to make those comments and, and hang up and, and let's be all talk. All right. Thank thanks a lot, Craig. Appreciate you getting in, uh, as always. Thank you. Um, number one, I don't think Jason Verlander has a very good chance at the Cy Young, but I think Justin Verlander uh, does. I mean, if you look at the – basically a lot of the guys who are pitching uh, the best around the league, I mean, Mike Miner has, has been a guy who's been pitching really well, but he's on the Rangers and they're probably not going to uh, make the playoffs, so that doesn't portend well for a Cy Young Award, which I contend that it shouldn't matter at all. But just historically, the award normally goes to a guy who's performing well on a, on a winning team unless he's just going so far above and beyond that you just have no choice but to give it to somebody, uh, give it to that guy that's on a losing team. I mean, if you look at the uh, the ERA leaders, same thing for Marcus Stroman. He's a guy who's been pitching really well, but he's not on a winning team. So as of right now, if you're looking for guys with low ERAs, Good records and winning teams in that combination. Justin Verlander is definitely going to be one of your leaders. Uh, it's going to pain Astros fans to hear this, but Charlie Morton is a guy right now who is leading the entire American League in earned run average. Uh, he's striking out a ton of batters. I have I don't know exactly where he is on strikeout numbers, but he is very well up there. Uh, and he's got a, a good winning record. He's like eleven and three or something like that as of last look. And the Tampa Bay Rays are contending for a playoff spot. So uh, it would probably sting a little bit here in Astroville and on Texas at Crawford and the higher-ups with the Astros because they they did not sign him for, what is it, $14, $15 million two-year deal, uh, per $15 million per year for two years uh, that he got with the Tampa Bay Rays. But uh, Charlie Morton is very much in the Shining uh, Award uh I would say standings or running or whatever you want to call it. Uh, so yeah, twelve and three record. Just looking it up, twelve and three record, two point six zero ERA uh, has one hundred and sixty three strikeouts. Charlie Morton is balling out right now for the Tampa Bay Rays. 
which kind of sucks because we know how much we loved him here in Houston, but good to see him. I mean, I wish him the best. I wish him well, as long as he's not starting against the Astros in the playoffs, which is definitely a possibility. But I would say probably 1-2 in whatever order you want to put him right now, Justin Verlander and uh, Charlie Morton in it for the Cy Young. And you can also throw Garrett Cole in there. I mean, you look at his strikeouts per nine innings, you look at his strikeout numbers. He, We were talking about it with um, – Reed Ryan earlier today on the Matt Thomas Show how he has an outside shot to challenge Nolan Ryan's all-time record for single singles and strikeouts, like 383 or whatever the hell it is. I mean, that would just be absurd. And if Garrett Cole continues to have an ERA hovering around three or under there and winning games and then goes for a strikeout record, that guy's going to be a Cy Young candidate. So, so a nice one-two punch for the Astros, unfortunately, after Wade Miley and those two guys. A little bit of a drop-off. Although, of course, Jose Urquidy and Rogelio Armenteros, pretty solid for the Strohs over the weekend. 713-212-5790, the phone number, 713-212-5790. Oh, your other point, uh, Craig. You said, why doesn't Bill O'Brien address the offensive line? Well, actually, he did do so. Today, here's what he had to say about how the offensive line looked at training camp. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to say, you know, exactly how you feel, only because you don't have pads on yet, and that's the that's really the test. But but relative to how they've worked, how they are in the room, uh, the shape that they came back in, uh, the way that they operate out here in t-shirts and shorts, I'm 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 uh, really happy with where they are right now, and so I'm looking forward to Saturday, and you know that's a true test, and see where you're at, see how guys work together, and. Uh, that's a different type of football shape. See what type of shape they're in relative to being in full pads. But I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really happy with where they're at right now. All right, I'm sorry I was boring with that, guys. I mean, he just said they're in good shape and not a whole lot to discern from today. But that's the soundbite of the day from Bill O'Brien on the offensive line. And look, he can say all that, and we're going to talk about how good they're looking as long as everybody's healthy and all that type of stuff. Bill O'Brien's never going to say an ill word about any of his players, which is totally fine. Uh, but... We'll see how they perform come week one, I believe, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Is that correct? Or no, is it? I can't remember. We'll figure it out. All right. Uh, I don't have this Texan schedule in front of me. And and quite frankly, we are like over a month away. So I'm not necessarily going to be on top of that. But anyways, we'll see how they go come week one. When your Houston Texans get ready for the regular season, how the offensive line is, and then we'll judge them going forward. Oh, that's right. They open up Monday night against uh, the New Orleans Saints. So Monday night. Opening night against the Saints. We'll see how the uh, Houston Texans offensive line is looking there. 713-2125-790, your phone number. Let's go to Clyde in Umble here on the phone lines. What's up, Clyde? Hey, guys. Yo. My question is, they need an offensive line, man. That's, that's a must. If you look at the Colts when that quarterback was out for three or four years, look, I don't know why the front office or – Truly addressed that. And my second question, you look at the Astros, I wouldn't be surprised they'll get a top-notch pitcher like they did Verlander and Cole. And Jeff Luna over at that organization, first class, just like the Yankees. They don't say too much, but they pull the trigger. I don't know what's wrong with these Texans and Rockets. (laughs) I, I really don't. They just truly first class. Well, I mean, the Rockets just pulled the trigger on a well, trade for a former I was, former I was MVP. Westbrook here. 
No, that that's just a mistake. Oh, two years no. before that, they traded for Chris Paul. Did you like that trade at the time? No, I don't. I didn't no. like that move. That's they need a big man to dominate that paint mm. like a Tim Duncan or somebody. Well, the Tim Duncans so don't grow on that, trees, unfortunately. I know, I'm just saying, you know, they need a big man. Yeah, but I hang up and listen. All right, Clyde, thanks a lot. Appreciate you weighing in. Uh, I don't know if the uh, Rockets can go ahead and acquire a prime Tim Duncan-esque type of player, but I'm sure Daryl Morey will get right on that as soon as he can. And as far as the Astros, I mean, yeah, I think there will be a a deal made. And something that I was talking about the nightcap yesterday with Michael Connor that really intrigued me and makes a lot of sense, and has happened before there is precedent for this as far as you know teams around the major leagues, he's saying that, that they could trade for multiple guys. And that really intrigues me because if they do that, then you could get Brad Peacock back into the bullpen and then you have uh, you have Verlander and Cole, who I just mentioned are, are two of the top guys as far as, as uh, Cy Young Award candidates, so they're pretty damn good. And then you would get two guys, that tra- Wade Miley, and then two guys you traded for that are front line top three of the rotation top type of guys. One possibly a, a rental type of a Madison Gar- Bumgarner or, or that type of vintage, and then a guy that you're going to have control for a couple of years. You probably have to give a lot uh, as far as prospects, but that really intrigues me. I, I think something will get done. We keep inching closer and we keep talking about it. And like I've said, it's it's just it's just very apparent from you, the fans, from me, also a fan, and also just in front of a microphone from. Other teams around the major leagues, from Jeff Luno, he comes on with Sean Salisbury every week. And he said, yes, we need help with pitching. Everybody knows it. And unfortunately, that makes it a little more difficult for Luno because other teams are going to drive that price up if they know the uh, the Astros are, are reeking of desperation, which I don't think they are, but they people know that they need help. So the prices are going to get drived up, but negotiations are ongoing, I, I would expect. I'm not going to make any sort of zany radio bet, but I would expect there to be a move made for a frontline top three of the rotation type of pitcher between now and the trade deadline Wednesday. 713-212-5790 is your phone number. 713-212-5790. You guys want to talk some Strohs? Want to talk about the Texans and the offensive line and uh, Jason Verlander? No, it's Justin Verlander. Anything you want to get to, get to the phone line there. You can also send me a tweet at SportsRV. It is the nightcap rolling along till 7 o'clock. We'll have the tribute till uh, for Tony Kemp coming up here before the end of the show. Keep it right here on Sports Talk 790. Hey, yo, Adrian. Rocky, my name is Alexa. Oh, I like to hear sports. Then say, Alexa, play Sports Talk 790 on iHeartRadio. Nightcap here on Sports Talk 79634. Ross Villarreal with you folks all the way up until 7 o'clock. Anytime that there's not Astros or when Rocket season starts rolling along, along Rockets coverage, there will be a nightcap. Or if there's a West Coast trip or anything like that, game's not starting till like 9.30, pregame wouldn't start till 8. So you will hear me. From 6 to 7, following the A-team. So pleased to be joined by you right now. If you want to get in, you can do so. 713-212-5790. The phone number tweets to at uh, SportsRV. Before I get to a couple of tweets, I want to do a quick reminder 
Uh, Russell Westbrook announcement coming from the Rockets tomorrow afternoon. And the Matt Thomas Show will be there from 12 to 3. Myself and Matt Thomas will be at Toyota Center, so we'll bring you all the coverage that you can handle. We're going to get you the entire press conference, hopefully get an interview. Uh, I can't promise that we're going to get either Westbrook or Daryl Morey, but we will be efforting. Uh, so going to try to bring you full coverage, better than anybody else in the city. I'll tell you that. We are the Rockets partner, and we are going to be there. And uh, so Westbrook announcement tomorrow on the Matt Thomas Show from 12 to 3. A uh, tweet coming in from BSMoo007. Uh, Jason Verlander greater than Alvedo. Uh, that's in reference to the caller last segment who said Jason Verlander was looking good for the Cy Young, which he is. No, I'm sorry. He's not looking good. Justin Verlander is. And that's also a reference to the Matt Thomas show when we had a caller call uh, Jordan Alvarez. What did he call him? Jordan Alvedo, I think, was the name. And a tweet in from J. Wells 2001 <laughs> recapping the call from, I think, Clyde or whatever his name was. Question one, the Texans need an offensive line. Question two, the Astros need to get another big picture. I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, that's a, I think that's a fair uh, recap of that call, Jay Wells. But let's go ahead and get to you guys on the phone. Got a couple of you guys here. So let's get James in the Heights here on the Nightcap. What's up, James? Oh, uh, not too much. Just enjoying a few degrees uh, milder in temperature than we normally get this time of year. Yeah, it's been a nice I, little cool front, clearing out some of this humidity as well. Yeah, it's nice. I wanted to talk in particular about Jadavion Clowney and maybe how the Texans, I don't think they're taking things as seriously as they should. From my way of thinking, TFLs are just as important and just as worthy as quarterback sacks. Mm-hmm. And it seems as if quarterback sacks take the holy grail of statistics, like it's the be-all, end-all of, uh, of important statistics. And Clowney is reigns king on uh, on TFLs. He's a disruptor. He's just as good as anybody else out there at doing that, and he gets sacks. Let's face it, he does. Uh, you know, he may not get 13, 14, 15 a year, but his sack numbers aren't terrible. His TFL numbers are outstanding. He's a major disruptor. You're not going to find anybody better, and he's not in training camp. And it, it, it just makes me think, looking at everything the Texans do, the way they operate without a GM, uh, you know, without seriously addressing the offensive line problem, in my opinion, and now not having Clowney in camp, do they understand how important it is? I mean, how hard you have to work, how, how dedicated you have to be, how much you have to do in order to put a winning team on the field? I have to question that. Yeah, I mean, and it bothers me that he's not there. I'm with you, James. I've been very consistent about this. Thank you for for uh, making the call and and you made some good points there. And I'm on board with just about everything you said there, James. If you're just a casual fan and you say, you know what, JD Clowney is a number one overall pick and he hasn't even gotten ten sacks so far in his career, he's not any good. You're just, you're just flat out wrong. Like James said, the tackles for loss, the pressures, the disruptions, plays that he's blowing up. I mean, he is one of the best disruptive forces in the entire NFL. The guy is a, is a human wrecking ball. And I made this point earlier on when I was talking to Matt Thomas about it. He is 26 years old right now. And what he relies on more than anything is his athleticism. 
He's not necessarily uh, what you would call a coach on the field. People don't talk about him having you know a ton of nuanced pass rush moves. He just gets after it, and he's explosive and he's quick for the for the the, the combination of size. Power and quickness that JD Clowney has, you can you can basically count on one hand the guys that have that in the entire NFL. Now, of course, you'd like to see more sacks. You'd like to see a better pass rush game, better pass rush moves. But the fact that he relies on that athleticism, and that's going to go away eventually. That's why I feel like the Texans should lock him up right now while he's twenty six. To a to what would amount to like a you would be in name it would be a five year hundred million whatever dollar deal, and really in reality you could get out of the the bulk of that guaranteed money in three years. So you have him now this year, next year, and the year after for big guarantees, and he's probably going to perform because he's not going to stop being athletic in the next three years unless he has a, a bunch of major injuries. In the last three years, he's he's started fourteen, sixteen, and fourteen games. And been there for you in the playoffs. And been one of the better uh, disruptors on the defensive line in the entirety of football. And, and I know the Texans look at the tape. The Texans know those numbers. The Texans aren't just looking at sack numbers. I don't think. I think they're smarter than that. I know they're smarter than that. They have to be. Otherwise, they wouldn't have, have reached this high uh, as far as personnel decisions and stuff like that. Bill O'Brien's not just reading uh, box scores and then going off of that. He looks at the tape. He knows J.D. Clowney, and he knows how coachable or not coachable he is. So maybe we should yield to him on this decision that J.D. Clowney doesn't deserve the big money. But they have the space. You have him under control. And even if you don't think that he is deserving of being the highest paid defensive player in the NFL, players like J.D. Clowney don't grow on trees. You sign him up to for, for this deal, and then you draft well in the next couple of years, his replacement – and I think your team is better off for it. You heard Bill O'Brien even in that soundbite that I played in the first segment. The Houston Texans are better with J.D. Clowney on the field. Bottom line. Now they're clearly at an impasse with this contract. I don't. Th- I think this uh, reflects that they're not going to sign him to a, a big, ter- long-term deal because that makes the Texans look even worse. Think about that. Think about if they sign if he balls out this year. Gets 15 sacks, gets a ton of tackles for loss, and continues to be one of the biggest disruptors in football, like we know he can be. Then you sign him to a long-term deal. You just paid him $17 million or whatever the number is going to be, and now you're going to have to still give him like three, four years of big guarantees after that. So maybe that's what they're thinking? I don't know. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, we can criticize Bill O'Brien, and I can sit in front of this microphone and act like I know what I'm talking about better than him. I don't. But what's happening here doesn't make sense. Getting rid of a player of J.D. Clowney's caliber, or not necessarily getting rid of him, but not keeping him for long term, doesn't make sense to me. Because he is one of the best defenders in, in football. 713-212-5790 is your phone number. 713-212-5790. Going to take a quick break here. We'll hear from you guys on the phone lines. We also got to get our tribute to Tony Kemp, who is designated for assignment. Wipe the tears there. Uh, but we'll do that in the last segment. Nightcap. Final segment coming up. Official home of your Astros and Rockets and unofficial unbiased home of everything else. Sports Talk 790. 
Welcome back. Final segment. Nightcap here. Sports Talk 790. Ross Virail with you folks all the way up until 7 o'clock. A couple of you guys on the phone lines. 713-212-5790. 713-212-5790. Tweets to at SportsRV. Uh, we'll get to our Tony Camp tribute here in just a second, but let's go ahead and get you folks on the phones. And start with Isaac in Missouri City holding the longest. What's up, Isaac? Hey, what's going on, man? I love y'all's show, by the way. Thank you. You have great taste, sir. <laughs> I got a couple pitching questions. Uh, uh, first one is, what happened to Matt Boyd? I think I think that's his first name. Boyd from Detroit. Uh, I guess we stopped talking about him. Yeah, uh, his name question. has still been mentioned a lot, Isaac. But the thing is, it, it, I saw a tweet from, I think, a, some kind of Detroit-related writer or something like that. They, they are definitely in sell mode, obviously, the Tigers. But be, because of the fact that he would be under control for a number of years, the Tigers' asking price is very steep for him. Okay. My second question is, this, I've been kind of wondering about this one. Back to Garrett Cole. So Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole's agent is the same agent for Keiko and Marwin, right? Uh, yes, yeah, Scott Boris. Okay, so do you think that he's going to be any influence on him when he resigns for the Astros? Because I just feel some type of way he has it in for the Astros that doesn't want to, I don't know, maybe I could be wrong, or it's, does he have it in for the Astros because the no. whole Keiko thing and... I don't think so. I mean, the Astros, he's a Jose Altuve has Scott Boris, and they agreed to a long term extension in the last couple of years. Okay, gotcha. Well, that's it, man. Love y'all's show, by the way, and uh, y'all have a good night. All right, thanks a lot, Isaac. Appreciate you getting in. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to be any team, you're going to have to deal with Scott Boris at some point. So I don't think they necessarily have it in for him. Or, or or Scott Boris has it in for the Astros, but Scott Boris basically has it in for everybody. I mean, he wants to get his clients, and this is why he's so famous, and this is why he's so powerful. He gets his client the most money possible and the most years possible, and a lot of the most lucrative contracts in the history of baseball have come with Scott Boris as the agent. And now, obviously, it has hurt him in this past offseason. Martin Maldonado... Uh, fired him as his agent because he wasn't happy with the way the offseason went with him. I got to imagine that things didn't turn out the way that Dallas Keuchel wanted them to, although he is now an Atlanta Brave and, and pitching solidly for them. So it remains to be seen. I don't think Garrett Cole's agent being Scott Boris makes it a non-starter, but I also don't have a whole lot of confidence that he is going to end up being a Houston Astro because he's completely a free agent and the Astros are going to be one of a number of teams pursuing his services. So I just don't, I just think that the Astros have a smaller percentage than they normally would because of the fact that the markets are going to be completely open for Garrett Cole. He's going to be coming off a, a great, great season if he continues to pitch the way that he has now. And it's going to be tough for the Astros to get in a bidding war with the guys that they're already paying. With players that they, you know, if if they trade for like a Zach Grinky or a, a well, probably not a Max Scherzer, but somebody like that, that there's going to be owed a ton of money coming up, they're going to have to pay them. And then obviously you have down the road uh, the Springers and the Correas of the world who are going to be getting their money. So just a lot of factors in uh, for the Astros. It makes me think Garrett Cole is not going to be an Astro uh, come this time next year, but we'll see. I've been wrong before. Could be wrong again. 713-212-579. Let's get Paul in Meyerland here on the uh, on the nightcap. I was almost said sports RV show, but no, it is the nightcap here on Sports Talk 790. Paul, go ahead. 
Paul, are you there? Okay, Paul's not there, which means we get to go to Cam in Pearland. What's up, Cam? Hey, Ross. Yep. So, question for you. What would you give up in a Noah Syndergaard trade? Um, well, the uh, latest I saw is that the Mets are going to want – a top, a top 30 prospect. Yep, yeah, that's right. Exactly yeah. right. A top 30 prospect and then a couple of other solid pieces. So if you're talking about a top 30 prospect for the Astros, that's only going to be Whitley and Tucker, correct? Yeah, that's that's what I was kind of thinking. But I was also looking at what if you put, you know, Bukowskis and uh, Martin, even though Martin's on that on the IL with that Tommy John, yeah. he's still a top 50 prospect. Yeah, so I was kind of seeing if you could pair those two, maybe that trumps the uh, having to force Whitley or Tucker. Yeah, you know, I mean, we'll have to see. Uh, the Astros have started working Kyle Tucker out at first base. I wonder if he's going to go with the future there. Forrest Whitley obviously has had a he had a horrible season. Then he went down uh, to the injured list, the minor league injured list, and then I think his first start back. I don't know if he's had another one since then. His first start back, he was pretty wild. There's a lot of questions, but I mean. I don't know. These are these are tough questions that Je- that uh, Jeff Luno is going to have to answer right now. I mean, if you're giving up those guys for Noah Syndergaard, who's going to be under control for a couple of more years, I think I would say yes because you're hoping that one of those guys gets to the major league level, and if they do, they're probably not going to be at Syndergaard's level. You know what I'm saying, Cam? Yeah, and that's and I like it too, just because you like you just mentioned, you don't know what you're getting from Cole next year because he could walk. And Syndergaard has those two years of control. Uh, even Strowman, who has one more year of control, would be nice. But I'm just I'm hoping yeah. Lunau goes out and gets someone with control. Yeah, thanks a lot, Cam. Appreciate you getting in. And, and that might not even be enough for the Mets. I mean, they're going to ask for the world, rightfully so. I mean, you're talking about a, a pitcher. I think he's like 26 years old, under control for a couple more years. And, and the Mets are going to want a high-level prospect and then some. In order to move on. All right, before we get out, we got to go ahead and do this. It's going to be tough. I tried to put it off as long as I can, but we must say goodbye to Tony Kemp. This has got to be the saddest day of my life. <sighs> I called you here today for a bit of bad news. Mm. I won't be able to see you anymore. No, we're not, Tony. Because of my obligations. And the fact that you got DFA'd. Ties that you have. We love you, Tony. We've been meeting here every day. For the last couple of years in the major leagues. And since this is our last day together, I want to hold you. Yes. Well, that'd be weird. Maybe. You were at the when nine spot last away, year, turning over the lineup okay. like nobody's business. Hugs for homers. You, just like this. One of the nicest athletes I've ever met. The number one nicest Astro I've ever interviewed or talked to or been around. Tony Kemp. <sighs> Unfortunately, he'd been performing at a replacement level for the Astros. They really like the versatility of Miles Straw. What he brings with the bat. Throwing him out at shortstop here and there. And the speed on the base paths. <laughs> Tony Kemp, you'll be gone, but not forgotten. Hopefully you get picked up somewhere, or you're part of a trade package so you can help the Astros that way. 
But we must say farewell to you, and I must say farewell to all of you listening. Thank you. Thanks to Shannon McCurtry, producing and doing a great job. My name is Ross Villarreal. I'll talk to you guys from Toyota Center tomorrow at noon as part of the Matt Thomas Show here on Sports Talk 790. Please, darling, don't you cry. Just kiss and say goodbye.